Did you know that there are over 65 million Gen Xers, yet so few financial advisors focus on Gen X? Why? It's because you aren't rich. Yet. Welcome to the Gen X Money Advisor with Michael Labus, certified financial planner, certified college funding specialist, and founder of Gen X Wealth Partners. This podcast focuses on the specific needs of Gen Xers by a Gen Xer. Get ready to explore topics that will help you get your retirement on track, maximize your dollar towards your child's education, and successfully manage aging parents. We will even sprinkle in a little health and wellness, travel and leisure, and time and stress management. Come and experience the expertise of Michael and his special guests who focus on enhancing the quality of your life today and in the future. Now, on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Gen X Money Advisor. I am your host, Michael Labus, and today we are going to talk about the wide world of credit cards, points, miles, or cash back. That is the question to ask yourself. What do you want to get from your credit card spend? Today, I will talk about strategies to maximize your spend so that you can enjoy the world that it opens for you. First thing I want to say is, is more or less of a disclaimer, and that is that if you don't pay off your credit card at the end of every month, then this episode's probably not for you because it, if you're not doing that and you're paying interest, then this whole strategy is not going to work for you. But that being said, let's start with some basics here. There are three primary kinds of cards. And these cards offer either points, miles, or cash back. And recognizing that, the next question you want to ask yourself is, you know, what's important to you? Is it travel or is it cash back? Because those are really the two things that people you know, look to get. So now that we recognize that there's three types of cards, let's start to make this personal. And I want you to ask yourself, you know, what's important to you? Is it travel or is it cash back? Because what I want to talk to you about now is how to establish a credit card portfolio. And the first step to build a credit card portfolio is to get out that budget that I talk about all the time. If you don't have a budget done by now, and you've listened to my previous podcasts, I don't know if you're actually listening to my podcasts because I probably talk about the budget at least once per. Anyways, get the budget out. And I want you to look and see where you're actually spending your money. Because there are really five categories of spend that credit cards and credit card providers will give you benefits for. And they are travel. So that's going to be hotels, airlines, and uh, even your rideshare companies like uh, Uber and Lyft. Then there is everyday spend. Everyday spend is spend that is not set in actual category. So it's just kind of like hodgepodge, everything else. So 
you know, you go out and you buy a sneakers or a calculator or, uh, you know, stemware, uh, that's everyday spend. Uh, dining out is another category. That's pretty self-explanatory. Then you also have groceries. And then we have gas. So again, get the budget out and see how much you're spending and where you're spending your money. Because when you're building a portfolio, the goal is to really have one card for each category. Because if you don't, you're not going to maximize your spend. Because a card might be really good for dining out, but that same card is horrible for everyday spend, right? So now that you've got your budget out and you've looked at your five categories and you see how much you're spending and where you're spending it, I want you to now think about, you know, where do you spend the money? We know how much and we know the categories, but where? And this is important because we want to look at your brand preferences. And, you know, I'm going to start with hotels and airlines because, you know, I live in Pittsburgh and I, I say, you know, I'm a free agent. Uh, it's, there's no hub in Pittsburgh. So I, I fly multiple airlines. I do have an airline that I fly the most because they're convenient for me. But you might live in a hub. You might live in New York, you know, Charlotte, DC. They all have hubs there. So it's really easy to pick one airline per se. And I think about the hotels. You know, you go on vacation, you might be traveling for work. Uh, Where do you stay? Because believe it or not, airlines and hotels have, you know, we'll call them partnerships. An example. American and Hyatt. There's the opportunity to earn Hyatt points if you fly American or the opportunity to earn American points if you stay at a Hyatt. United and Marriott. If you have a certain status at Marriott, Titanium, I believe, they will gift you United Silver status. And why is that important? Well, if you have status, you can get upgrades or free bug, free luggage or stuff like that. And Delta and Hilton, they also have uh, a, a nice partnership. So that's something to consider. You don't have to, but it's kind of like the cherry on top, right? Trying to just keep us on track here. So we've got the budget out. We looked at our spend. We've got the five categories. Now we looked at our brand preferences. We kind of understand, okay, I like this airline. I like this hotel. All right, now now we're starting to get somewhere. So the next thing I want to talk to you about are who actually offers these credit cards. And the main providers are uh, Amex, American Express, uh, Chase, City, Capital One. I would think that those are your biggest uh, credit card providers. And I'll, I'll throw Discover in there as well. I don't really talk about them a lot. They're just pure cashback card, but they, they are, they're bigger players. One of the big players as well. Each of these credit card providers offer a suite of credit cards. Okay. 
So if you're looking to build that complementary portfolio, I don't know how much sense it would make to have an Amex card, a Capital One card, a Chase card, because you can't pull your points easily. And what I mean by that? So let me give you an example. And I'll use Amex because I like Amex. I've got the Amex Platinum card. It's my I, it's really my travel card. I get 5% cash or 5% back on all my travel expenses, which is pretty strong. But if I was building a portfolio, I would I would look for my dining out and groceries, and I would probably have the Amex Gold card because it gives me 4% on my dining out and groceries. That's pretty strong. So then if I use those two cards, they all go into the same pool of points that I, that I can use from. If I had a different dining out card, then the points, they're separate. I can't combine them. So you have to really be strategic about this and understand the credit card offerings. You know, uh, Chase, I'm sorry, Amex also has a Delta card. Um, not that that's going to be a transferable, uh, but did you know that you can actually transfer your credit limits? So I have a Marriott card and I have a Delta card with American Express. And I wasn't using my uh, Delta card as often. I was using my Marriott more. So to keep my utilization down, I said, hey, Amex, can you transfer some of my available balance from my credit limit from my Delta card to my Marriott card? And they said, yes, we can. So that's something pretty cool that you can do within the same credit card provider. So you want to understand the suite of cards they offer when you're building a portfolio. Another thing is that Amex, Chase, and Citi, they also have what I, they, they have transferable currencies. That's what I call it. Transferable currencies. What does that mean? You have the ability to transfer your points to their transfer partners. And this is a huge benefit to you because it opens up more options. And these partners are primarily your hotels and your airlines. And, you know, think going back to your brand preferences, understanding the airline alliances is really important. And what, what's, what's an airline alliance? Jeez, you're talking gibberish, Michael. Um, <laughs> One World, Star Alliance, and Sky Team are the three big alliances, global alliances. So when you think, when you hear One World, think of American. Uh, when you think, hear Star Alliance, think United. And when you hear Sky Team, think Delta. And they have alliances across the globe with other airlines, Sky Team, Delta with Air France, KLM, United with Lufthansa, and One World uh, American has a great alliance with uh, British Airways. <clears throat> so you're able to transfer to these other partners, and believe it or not, you have the ability to book flights on other airlines 
within an alliance using another airline's miles. Now that sounds crazy, but it's possible. And this is the thing, this is where things get really exciting. But it's really important to understand and again, know what you're doing here because if not, you're not going to maximize that opportunity. So now we understand the suites of credit cards that these offers, I'm sorry, these providers offer. I also want you to be aware that there are other card perks that need to go into the decision-making process. And I think one of the most important perks that credit cards offer, if you travel, which I travel a lot because it's one of my passions, is to have access to airport lounges. I could not tell you how important that is to me. Who likes hanging out in the concourse at an airport? It's crowded. Babies are crying. People don't know how to use deodorant. Um, bathrooms are disgusting. It's hot. There's no air conditioning. I was just at Atlanta. It's hot. It's, it was horrible. Wouldn't it be nice to have an oasis, right? Where you can go, have air conditioning, comfortable seating, free food and drink, clean bathrooms, free entertainment. Wouldn't, doesn't that sound nice? These credit cards... The, the, the premium credit cards offer lounge access. My Amex Platinum, as an example, they even have their own lounge. It's called the Centurion Lounge. It's amazing. But then they also have give, grant me access to uh, priority pass lounges, which there's 400 over the world. So whenever I'm traveling, believe it or not, I only book flights and have a layover where I have a lounge. If this airport doesn't have a lounge, I don't, I don't go there. I'm not, unless it's a necessity and I have to, I don't go there. That's a huge card perk. Another one, some cards will give you free nights credit, like you stay there, but in, actually stay there, that will help you get status. Uh, my merit card gives me 15 nights credit. My Amex Platinum also gives me 15 nights credit because they give me automatic gold status at Marriott. So I have 30 nights stayed at every Mar at Marriott every year and I haven't stayed there one night. To get platinum status, I only need to get 20 nights a year. So it makes status or meaningful status much more attainable. My American card, if I spend a certain amount in the year, they will give me companion pass, right? I can fly with a buddy for, he'll fly for $99 anywhere in the US. That's pretty good especially if you want to go you know, with a pal. Um, so that's a big one. And the one that I think gets most pressed is probably the sign-on bonus, right? You, you see it in magazines. If you ever fly, hey, they're going to talk to you about their credit card, sign-on bonus, 70,000 miles, 100,000 miles, 125,000 miles, right? That, that's actually, a, you know, they're typically, the, if you look at the value, that's probably $1,000 worth of points that they're giving to you to sign up for the card. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, so, Understanding the card perks is also important, right? What, what perks do you want? I think that American, that companion pass, that could save you hundreds of dollars if you want somewhere interesting. So now that we understand our budget, our brand preferences, our providers, we kind of now understand what transferable currencies are and we recognize what other perks cards offer. Another thing to consider is what are the points worth? And every 
card, every hotel's loyalty program, airline pro- loyalty program, the points are worth different values. And I, every month, go to the points guy. It's a website, thepointsguy.com, I believe. And they actually have a uh, valuation of all the airlines and hotels. So you know how much your points are up are, are worth. Sometimes they go up in value. Sometimes they go down in value. Super important to understand that because the whole goal of this, once you've got your credit card portfolio, once you've got your five cards and you're ready to max out your spend, the whole point of this is to redeem your points, right? That's the whole point of this. It's not just to keep them and look at them and, wow, look at that. That's nice. How do you know if you're, gonna, if you're getting a good redemption with your points if you don't know how much they're worth? And what does that mean? It means that there's bad redemptions and there's good redemptions. And you don't want to do the bad redemptions because you're wasting points. I'll give you an example. So I'm going to a football game and I've said this sarcastically, but you know, the, the, the hotel, they're, they're not, they're, they're trying to help us out. Um, but not really. <laughs> they're, they're raising the, 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 the cost of the hotel because they're, they can take advantage of us, right? They're not, they're in business. They're, not, they're a for-profit company. So the regular rate, I looked the, the week before, same hotel, 175 bucks. The weekend of the game, $334, almost double, right? But what Marriott doesn't do is they don't adjust their award chart based on you know, time, day of the week, or an event like that. So you can kind of get a better understanding of, is this a good redemption or bad redemption? So when I did the math, I'm getting a, a heck of a redemption using the points because it's a static value. Now, when I say static value, they do have dynamic pricing, but so it could go up a little bit, but nowhere near doubling, right? That's a huge benefit to understand. And that's why I use points versus paying for it out of my pocket. So understanding how much these points are worth because they can also they can fluctuate in value. They can go up, they can go down. Typically they go down. There's always devaluations, especially now, uh, post-pandemic, we'll call it. During the pandemic, these companies were just giving points out, right? There are massive incentives out there. And just like we're seeing in the economy, when you print a lot of money, what happens? Inflation, right? So there's a there's a, a glut of points out there. They're not worth as much anymore. So it's not really a sound strategy to just sit on points unless you're really looking to save them for a big trip or some aspirational travel, which I totally back. I mean, that's the whole point is, I think, is aspirational travel. But because aspirational travel leads to better redemptions because believe it or not, the higher end, the fancier you're booking, you're probably going to get a better redemption. So I'm talking first-class flights. I'm talking uh, luxury hotels. 
if you want to look at your best redemptions, don't book economy. Just don't do it. It's going to be probably a very okay redemption. Might be might be a bad redemption, but a, a nice first class flight, a luxury hotel. That's probably going to be your best bang for your buck, and they cost a lot of points. But again, you know, are you looking for um, quality or quantity? Right. If you don't care about the the quality and you're just looking to get a bunch of economy flights for free, then that's fine. But just know that you're not getting the best redemption possible. So now that we've talked about your budget, your brand preferences, the credit card providers and how it makes sense to keep them within one, the perks of the cards, we understand where to find the point values and how redemptions can be good or bad and how we can make them better by doing higher end uh, stays and flights. There's a couple other things that we have to consider here before I summarize this for us. There's some rules here with credit cards. There's a chase rule, five and 24. Five and 24, what's that mean? You can't apply for five credit cards with Chase, more than five with, with Chase in a 24-month period. So if you want to, if you choose Chase for your credit card strategy, as an example, uh, if you have, you can't do more than five in a rolling 24-month period. And always be, consider the impact it's going to have on your credit score. You know, you have all these inquiries, your credit score might go down. But don't think it's going to hurt it too much, but your credit score might go down a little bit because of all these inquiries, right? And those stay on your credit report for two years, and then they drop off. Okay, so now let's just assume that we've got our portfolio and we're looking at it right now. How can I get more points, right? And wow, there's lots of ways to get points. So most airlines offer what they call a shopping portal. I know Southwest has one, American has one, Delta has one, United has one, Alaska has one. And let's say you're going to buy something. Now, now we're going to get into what I call uh, double dipping, maybe even triple dipping. So you go to these portals and let's just say you're going to buy something at, I'm just going to make this up, Macy's. Okay. And in the shopping portal, if you shop at Macy's, connect to Macy's online through the portal. Let's say they're going to give you five times miles. Okay, cool. And then you use your credit card for everyday spend, and you're going to get two times points for that everyday spend. So now you've gotten 7% back on that purchase. And different stores in the portal will offer different point bonuses. And you can do this with any airline, right? So there's huge opportunity within shopping portals. They'll give you points just for signing up. And it doesn't, it's not like it costs you any more to access these sites via the portal, but I've accumulated a, a thousands of miles using portals, thousands. Another one is dining out. So each airline will have a dining out, a dining program. And again, they'll, you go into their dining and you can see all the uh, restaurants that participate in the program. So how, how cool is this? So 
I sign up for American Dining and I get five miles to every dollar I spend at one of these participating airlines. But what if I then use my Amex Gold Card and got 4% back because they ate out? That's nine times, that's 9% back. Think about that, 9% back for going out to eat. And inflation is what, 8%? You're actually beating inflation with that. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? So shopping portals and dining programs with the airlines is a huge way to amp up your points because you know how many, it take, can take a long time to build up these points. But if you go to these portals and you, you're, again, going back, you're being deliberate about the process, you can get a lot of points that way. Okay, so I hope that you have found this discussion interesting and piqued your interest in developing your own credit card strategy. You know, go to your wallet, take a look at what you have right now, and ask yourself, hey, is this, is this a, a legitimate credit card portfolio, or I just have cards that I've, I've acquired over the years, and that's kind of just what I use? If that's what your answer is, then do what I said here. Get thinking about what you want to accomplish, because like I said, this whole world of credit cards will open up so many things to you. And just think about the opportunities and how much fun would it be to tell your friends, hey, I went to Hawaii on points and they're going to look at like, how did you do that? You went to Hawaii on points for free. You flew first class. How is this possible? I want to do that. Well, tell them this. Say, well, you have to go and listen to the Gen X Money Advisor, his podcast. He has a whole episode on this. Pretty good. And I want to also thank you for listening. And you can find me at uh, www.genxwealthpartners.com. Email me at uh, michael at genxwealthpartners.com. I'd love to hear some of your credit card stories or redemptions or uh, maybe even a horror story because uh, we can learn from those. But yeah, hit me up. I love to hear uh, what you're doing out there with this. And thank you for listening. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Gen X Wealth Partners. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FNRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Gen X Wealth Partners is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Views within the podcast are solely of Gen X Wealth Partners and are not necessarily the views of Kestra AS or Kestra IS.